Hello and welcome back for another episode of All Things Mysterious to discuss some true crime, supernatural, and the unexplained. I'm Jordan. I'm Matt. And I've got a true crime episode for you today that hits a little close to home, literally, because Springfield, Missouri is about an hour from here. 30 minutes if you're me. Yeah, 30 minutes if you drive like Matthew. <laughs> I do not drive with a lead foot. That's a lie. I actually do a little bit. You drive faster than I do. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I'm like, eh, that's a lie. I do drive fast. You you live, from where we record at, you live probably twice the distance that I do. And you always make it home before I do. Yeah, and I usually stop and get food. Yeah. But still, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't drive that fast. I, I drive fast, like, on the highway and interstate. I don't drive fast in, in town. I don't drive fast in town either, man. Cops are nuts here. Yeah. They're, you, like, one mile over the speed limit. Nope. I got to drive through Web City. Backroads of Web City. Yeah, no, Web City cops are like, <laughs> no, no, you don't. I want to do an episode about them just so I can roast them. I will not because I know some Web City cops and Joplin cops. So I will not be doing that episode with you. Oh, I would. I, I will remain anonymous for that episode. Please and thank you. Funny thing that's off topic, but uh company I used to work for, my safety director was actually a cop in Duquesne. Ooh, that explains a lot about a lot of things. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you go the actual speed limit in Duquesne, you'll somehow get a speeding ticket. I cannot, and I, I drive Duquesne a lot. Like, I'm surprised I haven't got more speeding tickets there. I cannot go 35 miles an hour down that road. Like, it's physically impossible for me. When I worked for UPS, he sped through Duquesne and it terrified me. It made me so nervous the entire time. He was like, listen, the cops here, they don't care because you're UPS and you got places to be. And I was like, okay, but you're getting the ticket on me. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm not going to be a part of this at all. Like I'm not, no. And he was like, they don't care because we're just going to go house to house. Like I'm just going to zip through here. And I was like, okay, but it's not going to be me. I'm not going to be part of that. I'm not, I'm not going to be part of it because it made me so nervous. So we had to go through Duquesne and he was going like 45 through there. And I was like, I was a wreck because I was like, no, you don't understand. This is Duquesne. <laughs> you don't understand. They will attack you. I don't know. I was speeding one time. Lights came on behind me. So I pulled over off on side street. Pop just drove by past me. He just wanted to go faster. Oh no, it just makes me so nervous. But anyways, what are we doing here today? Today we have a missing persons case of three people in Springfield, Missouri. So, give you guys a little insight on um, how we do things here. I don't know. I don't know what Jordan does for her episodes most of the time. Sometimes she'll give me like a little hint, or sometimes she'll even tell me what she's doing. For the most part, I have no idea when we come in to record it. And I really don't know what he does yeah. either. And we do this so that we get honest, genuine reactions mm -hmm. on the podcast. But from when we start recording, to help me you know, edit the podcast, the episodes and stuff, we say the title of the episode beforehand. <laughs> yes, we do. So that's when I'm learning what she's doing. And I'm just looking over here like, I've never heard of this one before. Yeah, what I the said fuck? the Springfield 3. And he just looks at me and goes, I don't know that one. Yeah, I literally <laughs> mouth, I don't know this. What the fuck? <laughs> you might know it better than you think you do when I actually say it. I, 
I mean, I may. I just never heard of the Springfield 30. So. Well, in this one, it's it might upset you just a little bit because this one, it's not children. Though there's that. I didn't bring children into it this time. First time for everything. I know, right? <laughs> I didn't bring children into it, so I couldn't I piss you off that I way. I know, but you said that it's going to piss me off, so you know that something's in here that's going to piss me off. I don't like it. Well, you piss me off 24-7, so it's my turn. Remember, I've got an episode that's really going to piss you off, oh, and I can I'm make well it aware. way worse. <gasps> all right, well, we'll start off. Um, I'm going to warn you that all three of the missing people have names that start with S, so pay close attention. I'm going to keep it as clear as possible, but all three of them start with S. So... Susie Streeter and Stacy McCall had just graduated high school. Um, I'm not going to fucking remember that. <laughs> Where's my pen? I got to start taking notes. I know. I feel like I need like a whiteboard. I already forgot. Susie. <laughs> Susie and Stacy. Kind of sounds like a math problem, if I'm being honest with you. It really does. Um, they just graduated high school. And it was June 6th of 1992. I was just about to ask you when this happened because I don't want to be too incestuous. Uh, June 6th of 1992. They spent that evening basically party hopping graduation parties. Um, the original plan was to go party hopping and then spend the night at their friend's house. Um, I believe her name was Janelle. But instead, after they got to Janelle's house, they got there and they were like, holy cow, there's like a million people here. I'm just going to go to Susie's house instead because there's too many people here. This is ridiculous. So about two o'clock in the morning. Sell seashores by the seashore. Seashells by the seashore. You can't even say it right. I know. I said it right. And no, it's Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> You're not getting seashells in Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> not good ones anyway. I mean, they got Osage Beach. But... Not really beach, but. It's, it's a lake. But anyway, about two o'clock in the morning, some say two, some say 2.15, um, they left her friend's house to go back to Susie's and they drove separately. That's important. They took both vehicles, Susie's and Stacy's, back to Susie's house with well, Samantha. There's no Samantha. Sarah. No Sarah. And You're just coming up with us names. Sally. Just to, there's no Sally in this either. About, uh... No. Sahara. That's not... That's a... It is, too. I'm I, sure it I probably is. I went to school is. with the Sahara. I'm, I'm sure it is, but there's there's no You're being Sahara ins- in this episode. You're being insensitive, Gordon. I'm not being insensitive. So, the idea was, originally that night, after they went party hopping, which this reminds me of my teen years, because the original plan was that night they were going to go party hopping and then drive to Branson that night, which is like an hour, hour and a half away from Springfield. Um, is it that far from Springfield? 30 minutes. Oh, it's like 30 minutes? I don't know. It's like a couple hours from here, so I can't remember. An hour and a half from here. I don't. The Here's, way you drive, apparently. Well, for me, it's like 15 minutes. Of course it is. Um, anyway, they were going to go the next morning, or the next day, technically, to a water, par- a water park called Whitewater, which, by the way, if you haven't gone, fully recommend. It is super duper fun. What about Sadie? Carla? Nope. Sophie? Nope. Bella? Also no. Savannah? No. Tyler? No. Summer? No. 
Shelby. You have just Googled S <laughs> names. I know what you're doing, What you quit. I literally I know what you're doing because I can see you doing it on your phone and looking at me with that face. Uh, Jesus. No. I will tell you the third S name when we get there. I will turn this car around. Put it down. <laughs> okay, I'll, turn, I'll put it down. So, anywho, sometime around 10:30 that night, Stacy's mom. Um, <laughs> Santa. <laughs> no, uh, her yeah. name's Janice. She's she's not the third S name. Uh, got a call from Stacy saying that instead of driving that night to Branson, she was going to stay at her friend's house. And they were going to drive to Branson in the morning. No. So, obviously, they went party hopping. Decided after she got to Janelle's, they were just going to go back to um, Susie's house instead. Because it was way too crowded. They were just like, no, not about that life. Went back to um, Susie's house. Now, Susie's mom, Cheryl... I said Cheryl, I think. I don't think you did. Hold on, she's the third one? Yes. There's two. 18 and 19. Okay. Um, she was last heard from about 11.15 p.m. on the phone with a friend while she was painting a piece of furniture. So that was really the last time that she had been heard from. So... We know for sure that they were that she was heard from at 11:15, and Stacy and Susie were last seen leaving the party at about two o'clock in the morning. We know for sure that they got back to the house because both of their vehicles were there and a bunch of their articles were found. Well, the next morning, um, a bunch of her friends called the house phone so that they could go to Branson and nobody answered. And they were like, well, we all got in really late. Nothing to panic about. They probably just slept in. So they waited a while longer, called a few more times and nothing happened. So about 12, 1230, they just went to the house. They were like, okay, they've like super overslept or something. When they got there, all the vehicles were there. Susie's, Stacy's, and um, Susie's mom, Cheryl's. Their vehicles were just there. This is a weird part. The porch light was busted. Now, I've gotten conflicting reports. I'm pretty sure it was like the outside of the porch light, not the actual bulb itself. And this is going to anger a lot of you. Um, and I don't think they meant anything bad by it. They swept it up. They were like, oh, somebody busted your porch light. And so they, they swept it up for her. And then they were like, oh, the door's just unlocked. Let's just go on in and see if they're inside. So they just went on in. I mean, which they're friends. They are, they're friends, which is great. That's, That's probably the norm for them. It is, it's the norm. I have a couple best friends and I walk into their house like I own it, okay? like. I'm like, hello, this is my home too. I love you. And that's perfectly normal. All of their personal belongings were there. Purses, um, Cheryl's cigarettes, their money. Um, their dog was there and their dog was apparently acting super jumpy and weird. 
Their beds looked slept in, but aside from that, it just looked like any other day. There were damp washcloths in the bathroom that looked like they'd washed their faces. There were folding clothes on the bed. Nothing looked out of place, but everything just seemed kind of wrong. So their friends started calling other friends to see if like maybe instead of staying there, they decided to go over to a different friend's house or something weird. I guess they didn't think anything about the mom. They were like, I don't know, maybe she had to work or something. So through all of this calling, Stacy's mom, Janice, learned that Stacy was missing because I guess Stacy called her quite a bit and she hadn't heard from Stacy that morning at all and she was getting kind of concerned. So she called the house phone a few times at all and when she didn't get an answer either, she showed up herself only to find like 10 people in the house and nobody had reported anybody missing. Nobody had figured anything out. At this point, it was really late in the afternoon and she was like, okay, I'm gonna call the police now because something is obviously really, really wrong. And here's where, here's where I get irritated because now there's been people in and out of this house all day and they're just now calling the police. And this crime scene, if it's a crime scene, is super freaking contaminated. Super freaking contaminated. Because there had been at least 10 people in and out of this house before police had even a chance of knowing there were people missing. To be fair, I mean, if they have people coming in and out before, it's not really gonna make a huge difference. I mean, it is, but you don't know everything that they've touched. You don't know if it's going to be in the exact same state. They say it is, but is it, though? Is it? Yes. It is, but we don't know. So, obviously, the police got there, and they have pretty much no leads. And since then, they've had almost none. At one point, they looked at um, one of the girls' brothers, and he was actually, they looked at him because he was supposedly committed for a murder, but he was acquitted of said murder, and they found that he had an alibi at the time, so obviously that was taken off the table, and they decided that no, he didn't have anything to do with it, um, and that went nowhere. Aside from that, there have hardly been any leads. The only other lead that they really had that they thought went anywhere was someone saw or thought they saw Susie driving a late 80s or something of, the, of the, those lines, um, green van late that night or early morning. And no one has ever found the green van Nobody's heard anything along those lines. Nobody ever has heard from them ever again. Like, who's gone? Unfortunately, we don't have a clue anything that happened to them after that. Like, they're just gone. And the weirdest part about this whole case is that Nobody can figure out, like, a motivation to the crime at all. Like, some of them, um, some, some people think that maybe it was Cheryl that was the original target since she was supposed to be alone that night. 
Um, and then the girls ended up staying there, which kind of makes sense, but nobody could pinpoint a reason for her to be targeted to begin with. Um, at some point, people believe that there was a serial killer in the area that could have targeted all of them, but it wasn't really his MO at all. So that's kind of just like trying to shove that into a box that doesn't really fit. It, this case gets me because like, none of it makes sense. Yeah. They're they just rarely do. gone. They're just gone. And usually cases like this are abductions of people that you know. Like a couple of their ex-boyfriends and stuff were looked into. But pretty much everyone was excluded. Now, that obviously doesn't mean a lot because we all know exactly how things work and the crime scene was contaminated as hell. So we don't know if there was evidence that could have been missed because it was contaminated. But like, it's just, this case gets me because like, what the hell? Like they were there, then they just are all gone. Yeah, like they were there. And I mean, everything was still there. It wasn't a robbery. All the money was still there. So robbery didn't seem to be the idea here. It was personal. It had to have been personal. Just the people. I mean, this was 92, and we both still live, you know, really close, and Matt doesn't know this case. But... I, I tend not to, like, gravitate towards local cases, weirdly. Uh, just for me, it's, it hits too close to home. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I, I like the, the true crime and, you know, like, true crime cases that kind of you can disconnect from. And it's just a little closer they are to my hometown. Is it's harder to do that, I guess. There has to be something that nobody is seeing about this case, and that's what gets me. Like, I feel like the more that I stare at this, the more that I can find something that somebody's. That's what gets me about this case. Like, I feel like if I stare at it long enough, there's an answer somewhere that nobody sees. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if enough people play armchair detective with it, like somehow somebody can figure it out, but obviously nobody has. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like somewhere in here is the answer that none of nobody's seeing, even though clearly it's not. Just, they're just gone. Like, I know that's not the answer that anybody really wants, but sometimes but people just though? go poof. But you know, that's the thing that gets me is like, with no real witnesses. I mean, aside from the fact that supposedly they were seen in a green van and that green van just apparently also went poop if that was what they were seen in because we don't know for sure if that was even real. Why? What was the motivation? And was it Cheryl that they were originally after and then they just had to take the girls too? There was no sign of struggle at the house at all. So I'm assuming it was somebody that they knew and when did it happen? Because there was no sign of struggle at the house aside from the porch light being broken. So did they not want to be seen? Like, was it at night? 
was it not like no i mean that that, that's the only thing kind of for me makes it seem like there's some kind of foul play involved because you're trying to break into a house you know you want to break the lights so they can't see uh but then again if you're a single female living which i don't know if she's single or not but um I assume that she didn't have a husband. Um, or I don't kind of... know if she was seeing anybody, but she didn't have anybody else living with her. So, I mean, in the 90s, it was a different time. The light was out. She might have still opened the door to, if somebody was knocking. I don't know. I know my parent, my mom probably would have. Oh, yeah, back then, absolutely. Uh, to be fair, I mean, back then, a lot of people didn't even lock their doors. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know if they locked the door after they came home. I mean, significant. And we don't know if Cheryl was there when they came home. We have no idea. I, I remember many times as a child going to bed with the front door unlocked. Oh, yeah. Definitely a different time. For sure. Um, so, I mean, they could have broke the light and then just walked right in or they could have knocked on the door got her you know kidnapped her that you know at midnight in the middle of kidnapping them the girls could have came home you know and then they had to take them too exactly that's what gets me about this specific case is like there's a million what if like a million what if this happened is this how it went where did they go now what if this happened what if he or she broke in what if it was one of her friends? What if it was her brother? What if it was her ex-boyfriend? What, what if, if it was, it was Jordan? It wasn't me. I was two years old at the time. Let me tell you, I could have done a lot I of damage know. as a two-year-old. That's four. Yeah, I was two years old. I was doing a lot of damage at the time. I will tell you, um, back then, I was really bad about biting the kids at my daycare. Um, I, I yeah, I was I was a biter. I bit at this one kid. His poor name was Josh. I, Josh, if you're so sorry, I don't know what I was sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I was very young, and I don't know why I bit you. A bit hard to. Pretty sure I drew blood. <laughs> I have no I idea why I did that. In trouble. I don't. I don't know. I just. I was a kid. But what gets me about this case, though, is just, like, they're just gone. I'm pretty sure they're still, um, person's flyers and stuff. And just, like, it's just bizarre. Well, it's weird to me. Like, I actually lived up at Springfield for about a year or so. I still don't know this case. That is surprising to me, because it's a really well-known case. Like... Most of this case, I didn't honestly have to research much on because I knew it mostly by heart. And just blows my mind because like, by no means did the police drop the ball on it. There was just absolutely no good leads. There were none. They looked at the leads that they could look at, but there, there was nothing. To be fair, it is a that is fair. Go either way. That that is entirely. Fair. 
But like, there's nothing for them to find. I mean, granted the crime scene was just trampled all over, even though there wasn't really much of a crime scene to begin with, but like, just gone. There's, what do you even start with? Like you start with just questioning random people, but like, everything in the house, aside from the porch light, was normal. Everything was left behind. Not a robbery, probably personal. Okay, where do you start from there? You start looking at, okay, who had a problem with these women? And most people were like, I really don't think anybody did. Everybody loved them. She had an issue potentially with an ex-boyfriend. Okay, we'll start there. Ex-boyfriend had an alibi. Pretty rock solid. Okay, well, can't really do anything with that. Where do we go from here? At that point, like, you've got pretty much nothing, and it's just a straight cold case of people that disappear into literal nowhere. I mean, I, you can make some inferences based on the evidence, like... I mean, they could have just gone somewhere, I guess, but all their vehicles are there, all their money is there. ID, purse, so that, everything. Yeah, and that, that tells me that obviously it's somebody they knew. Whether it was somebody that knew the girls, somebody that knew the mom. Exactly. They knew her or, you know, they knew them. Right. Someone that um, presumably they felt safe with or safe enough to let into their home. So, I mean, that, to me, that, that narrows down the, the suspect pool to, you know, nobody random, no like traffickers or whatever other boogeyman people want to come up with these days. Um, so it's somebody that they knew somebody that knew that either the girls were going to be home late. I mean, I, technically, it was just the mom and the daughter that looked in the house, right? Yes. So, I mean, the, the friend was probably collateral. Well, and even then, it wasn't supposed to be her that was there that night. It was just supposed to be Cheryl. Which is why a lot of people think that it was just supposed to be Cheryl that night and the girls were not supposed to be there because originally they were supposed to spend the night at Janelle's, their friends. And then they decided to come home that night because it was too crowded at Janelle's. Which, you know what, if you've ever been to a crowded sleepover, that's fair. See, honestly, that, that I find that suspicious too. I don't. I do. I, I do not because... I have been, and they say it was too crowded, but I've been to places where it just feels like there's too many people, and you're just like, it, well, this is But, so, who actually saw him at the sleepover? Oh, there were tons of people. I don't know exactly how many, but there were a lot of people. Like, probably ten or more. I don't know. There's definitely something weird about this case, but... I mean, it was a graduation party sleep. Though it was like a big deal. So truly, I mean, we all know what they were actually doing there. Yeah, it was like a big drinking, basically. Big what? Drinking party. Oh. Like, and then I was just saying there was gonna be a lot of most. They were probably just sleeping with each other and not really I mean, paying attention to everybody. Solid chance. So I mean. And then they made. Maybe they just felt uncomfortable and went home. I mean, that's also possible. 
I just, I don't understand. Thank you all for listening to All Things Mysterious. You can find our social media in the description below, and we would appreciate it if you would follow the podcast subscribe and do all of those fun things comment you know all those things that would be really nice if you would like follow really our facebook um it really helps us out and it would be really nice okay thanks as always we keep you guessing